Welcome to this House of Wrestling on Inside the Ropes exclusive interview. It is me, Nick Hausman, and at this time, I am joined by somebody that you've probably seen on your television sets the past couple years on All Elite Wrestling. He's now a free agent, and he's out on the independent scene again right now. It is Fuego Del Sol. Fuego, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. I'm, uh, I'm excited about the interview. Now, you said you're feeling good, right? You're talking about how you just got reco- you're recovered from injury. You're back on the Indies. Talk to everybody about you know exactly how recovery went, how you're feeling, how the injury's doing, everything like that. Oh, man, injury was rough, dude. Four months, but it felt like an eternity. I would uh, have to say that this is the first time I've ever had any type of serious injury in my life and career. And so it was just a heap of new challenges I had to encounter and overcome. But I am so extremely happy to be fully recovered and back doing what I love to do, which is professional wrestling. Well, and I got to ask, man, I was surprised uh, to see you no longer at the company. I mean, you were such a fan favorite. The stuff you did with Sammy and Miro, you guys got a lot of attention there for a while. Uh, Were you surprised that things didn't work out and that your contract wasn't renewed? A little bit of yes, a little bit of no. I mean, um, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. I try to be self-aware and think five steps ahead. And even before I got injured, I wasn't being used as much, rarely ever being brought on the road, only being used for darks, uh, you know, once every six weeks in Orlando. And you always, the back of your brain, like I say, this wrestling is a roller coaster ride. There's ups and there's downs. But the more you're down, the more you should be worried a little bit, the more you should be trying to change things. And things were down for me for a while. And so I knew by the time the summer was coming around, my contract would be up for renewal and that they could absolutely use their option not to renew me. So I was always aware of that. I was always trying to pitch ideas for that. Maybe, maybe too much. Maybe I pitched too much. Maybe I was a little annoying with it, but you know, I'm a a go-getter. I have aspirations. So I have to try hard for that. What was the pitch process like for you? Were you going directly to Tony Khan? Are you going to coaches? Who who were you talking to trying to get things? A little moving? bit of everything. A little bit of everything. You know, I would talk to coaches like QT or uh, others. Tony Schiavone, who's real close with with uh, Tony Khan. <laughs> However, you know, I would also try to pick my spots and message Tony directly or talk to him directly. There was many nights I would wait and try to be as respectful as possible and wait till the end of the show when everybody left his office, and then I would go in myself and try to get a few words with him. And uh, I would try to pitch other things just to, I've seen it where guys would leave or go do other things in another promotion and, and pique Tony's interest again. So I had aspirations to maybe go to DDT in Japan or do something like, Hey, Tony, can we help make this happen? Can we do something different? Just so I can get different eyes on me and maybe prove to you something that with the opportunities I'm not getting here at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And what, what, what was your like, what was what it like working for Tony Khan? What was your relationship like with the guy? I feel like I have to preface this with saying that Cody Rhodes was a huge help to me when he was there. Yeah. So the second Cody Rhodes left, I knew things were going to be a little bit more difficult, right? Cody was a middleman in a lot of ways, but also he, uh, he believed in me. And I feel like I don't think I ever got the same type of belief from Tony Khan that I got from Cody Rhodes. And so everything became a lot more difficult when he left um, I had to navigate the waters a little bit differently. I had to try to use QT, but also QT has aspirations of his own and I get it. He, he's trying to, he's having to balance everything. He's in there with Tony Khan when all these guys are coming in and pitching ideas and doing all this, he knows how Tony thinks. And so he would 
talk to me and maybe calm me down if I was uh, upset or uh, at least open my eyes and, and clarify things if I was confused. So shout out to QT in that respect. But when Cody left, it was much harder to get clear answers, I feel like, or at least direct information from Tony Khan, unless it was QT. Well, and was that something you feel like uh, uh, there were like a handful of talents or multiple talents that kind of struggled with that after Cody left? Because I had heard that he had become like very, very influential and powerful in that locker room before he Absolutely, exited. absolutely. I think, I mean, it'd be dumb not to say that there's a totem pole in AEW, right? Like, I say this all the time, right? You have to get Moxley on the show. You have to get the elite on the show. You have to get MJF on the show. You have to get Chris Jericho on the show. Then you have a whole nother set of champions that you have to get on the show. If those people aren't feuding with each other, it's hard for some of our champions to find TV time because yeah. they have certain people at the top that, you know, people are tuning in to watch. They're the stars. They're the guys. And so you realize that. And so you hope to sneak into there and at least get an opportunity to wrestle someone on the top of the totem pole to show that you have the talent. You look at someone like Dante Martin. Dante Martin was a lower man on the card. The elite needed a match one week. It was a six man tag. Dante gets in there. The elite does everything in their power to make him look great. He shows out, he hits all his spots and boom. Now Tony Khan is like, Hey, we got to use this guy more. We got to use him more. So taking advantage of the opportunities you have, but when you're lower on that totem pole, you never know when you're going to get that opportunity. It's week to week, guessing game, sitting by the board, sitting by the card, hoping to get called and like, hey, man, am I going to get to wrestle one of these top guys on the totem pole so I can get my opportunity to try to show out, shine, break through? Do you do you feel like AEW has too many contracted wrestlers? That seems to be something that comes up on social media that people talk about all the time. <sighs> yes and no. I feel like... I would never be mad at people collecting a paycheck, man. There's so many guys that work so hard. The talent on, on that, in that locker room, there's guys that are so talented that haven't even got to show it yet. Like you look at, I mean, some people don't like them, but the guns, man, you look at the guns and, and they have worked on their bodies. They're extremely charismatic and you don't even get to see how charismatic I really think they are. Uh, someone like an Anthony Agogo, who is, who is an Olympic wrestler comes in he trains his ass off to, to make it as a uh, pro wrestler. And he's he's jacked. He can talk. He's got this legitimate background. He doesn't get that opportunity yet. There's so many guys. So, like, yeah, they're not being used. They haven't got that opportunity to show out as of yet. But I can't be mad that they're getting paid because they deserve to get paid. They're just waiting on their opportunity. So with the introduction of Ring of Honor and the introduction of Collision and the introduction of House Shows, I think more than anything, there just needs to be a proper structure, maybe, you know, stats of how much has this guy got to wrestle this month? How can we, is it, is he getting better? Is he used this time a grading system of, Hey, how was his matches here, here, and here? Should we get him on the show more? Should we get him on the show less? And then of course there's different types of pay structures. So you're paying guys less, you're paying guys per appearance. You're paying, there's a balance to it all. I don't know what the balance sheet looks like. So I can't say they have too many guys. No, I'll never be mad at guys making a paycheck. Uh, however, there's definitely times where you feel like people aren't getting used as much as you feel like you want them to be, or they should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, you came into AEW during the kind of pandemic era, right? Like wrestling in front of 
nobody, right? Except for like screaming. You that's I bring this up because you just brought up the guns, and I remember how uh, very loud they were ringside there, especially Austin, I believe. Yes. Um, so what was that? How, first of all, how did you how did you initially get brought into AEW? How did your signing come about? Or not even your signing, your your first appearances, I guess. I mean, I've always been friends with Sammy Guevara for a long, long time. He, uh, but I don't like asking my friends for favors. So I just like to support him. I saw he made it to AEW, bro. If you need anything, I'm here. I tried my best not to ask him for anything, but as friends, we get to talking. Things happen. He's like, hey, man, they're using these guys. Would you be interested in an opportunity like this? Absolutely, if you can help me out in any way. He talks to QT, who was booking extra work at the time. Guys got me to come on. Had uh, one appearance, went well. Had another appearance a couple months later, it went well. Had another appearance a couple months later. And uh, Sammy, just every time I came, used me a part of his vlog. He was doing something with QT at the time where QT was shitting on guys in the back. I... Being self-aware of that, it's like, I'm easy to work with. I don't mind being the butt of the joke. Me and QT got something going, which piqued the interest of Cody Rose. Cody Rose wanted to do some stuff with me, saw that I was getting some sympathy behind me. And then QT made sure every two weeks when we were taping, I was there. So I got to slowly become a regular on AEW Dark. And the whole reason they were using independent talent is because they needed crowd, people in the crowd to cheer. I'm smart enough to recognize that. Sometimes they would bring an extra guy, extra work guys, and they'd be sitting there for the crowd, and they wouldn't be cheering. They wouldn't be doing the things. Like Justin Roberts is feeding, has got a direct line to Tony Khan in the back. Tony Khan's telling him, hey, we need we need applause here. We need chance here. We need this here. And then Justin Roberts is feeding it to Austin Gunn or to me, and we're telling everyone else, hey, we need to pick it up. This is what we need right now. He gave us matches as a thank you for being crowd members it yeah. wasn't because he was really you know trying to help the, he was trying to help the independent guys out to make a paycheck but it's a you scratch our back we scratch your back situation where he needs crowd and audience members and i did very well at, at being coachable at helping out being in any situation i needed i'll take this beating here do this backstage here i'll make sure the crowd is chanting here and doing my job that i was paid to do and people see that and they just you know you keep getting used and keep getting used and Luckily, with the YouTube stuff, I built a, a, a groundswell of support. What was it like forming a friendship with Cody Rhodes? Did that catch you completely off guard? <laughs> It'll never, I'll never not be flabbergasted or taken aback by how this all came about. Um, you know, he jokingly told Sammy that, hey, man, won't you ever use me on the vlog? You know, he wasn't being, he wasn't being used on being the elite anymore as much, you know, and I think. He's got those comedic chops that he likes to play with, and he doesn't get to do it as often. And so Sammy was like, Cody wants to be on the vlog. I'm trying to get you signed. We're putting y'all together. <laughs> so that's all Sammy's idea. And so then I think what really popped him is that he comes in, him doing nothing half-assed. He went and Googled me. So he put up a list of like independent accomplishments I had. So he's giving me this pep talk for this bit, this vlog bit, and he starts busting out my independent wins or something and it pops me and i'm like what how did he know about this and then at the end of it i get so amped up that i use one of his classic lines when he was facing uh chris jericho for the title undeniable to un, uh, un yeah un un what is it why am i, th I can't think of it now it was from uh, unreliable un to un, to un damn deniable and when i do that i then pop him and uh 
And so for them, we just got rolling. With, and he liked that one so much that I was like, hey, man, we need to do at least one more with Cody. And so I pitched one more. Hey, do you mind doing one more bit with me? We do one more bit. It gets over online. And now he's texting Sammy and Sammy's sending me screenshot. Cody wants to do this with you. Cody wants to do this with you. He likes you. Da, 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 da. And like my mind is racing and I'm just I'm shocked by it all. And luckily it ended up working out for me where he the, the one line that caught on in his little pep talk was you're the master of the tornado DDT. Mind you, I hadn't done the tornado DDT as a signature finisher move in years, but it was on this old Google sheet. And so now to pop Cody every week, I'm teasing the tornado DDT, but I never hit it. And it builds a story until me and QT, I hit it and the rest is history. You still stay in touch? You and Cody still friends? You guys text? He texted me yesterday. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he, uh, it was one of those things. Like, he's extremely helpful with advice. You know, he saw me putting a lot of work in with my body and he offered to even sponsor me for a, uh, you know, a fitness competition. If that was something I wanted to do, he, uh, he, he asked me, is there anything he could do to help? And I told him just like I would tell Sammy, I, I, uh, I thank you for your friendship so much. And I appreciate your friendship so much that I don't want to ask you for favors. I don't, I'd rather go out and earn it myself. If he wants to help me in the future. Great. But I just appreciate his friendship more than anything, his advice. And I think a lot of people stopped talking to Cody when he left AEW. And me and Sammy had a group chat with him, and we would always pick at him, joke with him about action figures, joke with him about wrestling. And so he's always been nice enough to at least joke back and shoot us a text and talk to us occasionally. So all the love in the world for Cody Rhodes. I got his pop figure sitting right here behind me because his friendship means the world to me. So uh, you talk about Sammy. So obviously you got your big contract offer on Rampage after the match with Miro. Did you have an idea? Something no was going clue. down? No, no clue, clue at people, all? But this is what makes me so mad. Because then ringside seat a couple weeks later, quote that I knew weeks beforehand. No, maybe maybe Tony Khan had made a decision weeks beforehand to sign me. I had no freaking clue. <laughs> I hadn't, I never had a TV match. I had been with the company for a year doing extra work and they never put me on TV, not one time. And so finally we get back on the road and they're like, hey, Andrade needs to beat somebody up on TV tonight in the backstage segment. So I get beat up by Andrade. And then the next week, Cody's like, hey, Malachi needs somebody to kick and I think you would take it great. And I take another kick. So two weeks in a row, I'm on TV just getting beat up in backstage things. And I'm like, hey, first ever Rampage. Miro needs someone to beat up in three minutes. Fuego, you're the guy. Well, at least, at least I'm on TV. Like I finally got a match. That's all I was worried about was my match. I get there that day. No clue. Had no thought about it. I saw that after the match, there was a two-minute post-match, but it had nothing to do. It, it, I thought Miro was doing something after the match. And that never crossed my mind until after the whole thing happened. Where I'm like, oh, they lotted some time for me to get signed. But I had no clue. Cause I was so focused on making my moments. My first time on TV, Miro laid out this incredible match where I hit him with a DDT three times and really create a story where maybe it looks like for a second, I'm going to win. So I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm getting as much, any much of anything move wise in this match. And I'm so focused on my mannerisms and my facial, if, all of that. And so literally I, I lose, he rips up the contract Right before I went out to the ring, though, Tony Khan says, hey, hey, when you're uh, when the match is over, stay in the ring, lay down in the ring, because when we come back from commercial break, I want the fans to applaud you. 
So that's all I knew is that he was going to let me stand up. And I'm like, wait, more TV time? Yay! So I'm laying there in the commercial break. Bryce got the earpiece in his ear. He's like, stay here. Do not get up until we come back from commercial break. And I'm just elated. It went well, Bryce, right? The crowd was into it, right, Bryce? Yeah, man, this is awesome. Literally, I stand up trying to look tough. Sammy Guevara's music hit. And you can tell me trying to look tough it completely went out the window. I'm like... I'm shocked. I'm freaking out. The second I hear Sammy's music, I know it's happening. They did not want me and Sammy being on screen together. Sammy is a star. Sammy is Jericho's guy. Sammy should not be interacting with extras in that type of way. I get it. I knew my place <laughs> wow. in that sense. So the second his music hit and they were going to allow that interaction to happen on TV and acknowledge it, I knew I was getting signed. And that's when I was overwhelmed with emotion. I forgot that was the debut episode of Rampage, wasn't it? Very first one. Brent Breaker and Red Velvet were the main event. Uh, Christian Cage, Kenny Omega opened the show for the Impact title. That is correct because I was hosting a bar party here in Chicago. We got like sent all this swag, and we I was watching Rampage with like 200 people at this bar here in Chicago, and it is flooding over me right now, remembering all of these drunken fans freaking <laughs> out about you signing your contract. I was not in the arena, but I was still surrounded by people, man. And like you get you get this big moment on this like debut episode, and then the next week. See a punk shows up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rampage is killing it. Then how was, it was it, awesome? How was it for you working with CM Punk? Obviously, a guy does get along with everybody. It would seem backstage. Yeah, I know. I mean, some some reporters ask him crazy questions at press I know. conferences, you know, and then things go awry. Um, listen, I there's a whole thing that online where you have to pick a side between the elite and. CM Punk. That's not how it is in the back. You know, they yeah. have you have you have really close friends of the elite that, of course, are going to. Hey, I'm with you guys. I'm riding with you guys. I'll talk shit on Twitter, and, you know, shit like that. And there's really close friends of Punk that are going to absolutely be riding with Punk. I haven't revealed this to anybody. CM Punk hurt his foot last year. I hurt my foot in February. Punk messaged me multiple times a week checking on me. And so regardless of what anyone wants to say about him, I only go off about interactions that I've had with people and he checked on me constantly and I'm forever grateful for that. If I ever had any questions before show and Punk was always there, you know, he was very nice to me, especially during that first run. I haven't really been there as much post, you know, Punk's, since Punk's came back. I don't know how he's been. I'm not going to speak for anybody else's opinion on him. Sure. However, I have to turn around and say the Bucks have been phenomenal to me. Yeah. From day one, they treated me like a, a, uh, a brother, a wrestler, one of the boys. They never treated me like I was an extra. They never you know, acted like they were above me because they were EVPs. They've both checked on me since I got hurt. And since I got released, I got messages from both Matt and Nick saying we had no clue. We're so sorry. Hope for you. Wish the best for you because they were always good to me. Um, so I've had great interactions with everybody at the top. More so the Bucks and Punk than Kenny, but Kenny does a lot of stuff with the female division. But anytime I had questions about going to Japan or what he thought of my matches, he was incredibly nice. So there's a lot of uh, talk and heat about the butting heads at the top, but a lot of our top guys really want the best for the industry and help the younger guys out tremendously. The first match I had with Hook on the Hook's debut episode, 
I come to the back after I lose and Punk immediately comes to me and says, hey, I know you're the on the losing end of this, but we're trying to make a star and you did everything in your power to make that kid tonight. And I appreciate you for that. And a lot of people will appreciate you for that. And so how it's hard for me to hate a guy. I wasn't there in Chicago on All Out Night. I don't know what happened. And I refuse to speculate. And I refuse to ask my friends on either side what happened. Because it's not that's all about bullshit and stuff in the back. I'm worried about growing the wrestling business, being better wrestler every day. And, uh, you know, not, I think a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers get caught up in the bullshit and I refuse to in that sense, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, looking forward here for you, uh, obviously you've got Cody Rhodes in your ear. You got other great people in your ear right now. What's your game plan look like? How, how are you looking to move forward? I'd be lying if I uh, didn't say that, Hey, I want to sign a major contract somewhere. I'd be lying to you. Like, Hey, you look at someone like Stu Grayson left, you know, his contract expired. He left. Eventually they came back to his town. They used him. They put him in a match. He kills it. They sign him again. You know, you look at, uh, you know, there's a hiring freeze with WWE. At least that's what the rumor is until the Endeavor deal is done. But I have you, uh, have you have you personally felt that? Have you felt like the communication about signings at WWE is paused for the time being? I, I hate to interrupt you. I'm just wondering. No, no, no. I, I do. I think for sure. I knew a guy, a buddy of mine who was uh, interviewing for a writing position and got very far in the interview process. And they directly told him, "Hey, you know, we're until this endeavor deal is done, we're not we're not hiring anybody." So, so that's what I got out of it. At least that's, that's from the corporate. Yeah, that's just from the corporate side of it. I have no clue about. You know, signings, you know, but you haven't seen, you know, the normal three or four month. Hey, this recruit class is coming in or hey, this you've had you have the NIL deals, which is huge for them right now. But I don't know. So the main goal right now is, yeah, I would like to get a WWE, uh, a WWE tryout and I'll prove myself at the tryout like I do. Anytime I go anywhere, I bound and determined to prove myself. And, uh, and in the meantime, if New Japan wants to use me, if Impact wants to use me, if N N NWA or MLW or anybody TV-wise wants to use me, I've learned how to be a TV star. I am very confident in my abilities to create some magic. And what I'm most proud of is that I have found a way to connect with the audience. There's, I, there's this infectious thing about me where people want to root for me. And I am very thankful for that and and very aware of that where i can use that to my advantage to create some incredible storytelling with the, whether it be promos or in ring uh, i know you noted in another interview that you were opening a school what's the reaction been like to that are you are you getting a good warm reaction to your school you know the more i've thought about it the more i realize it's as a guy who is still on my grind you know i'm still chasing it it's hard for me to want to open up a school right now and dedicate all my time to it because if Japan called and said I had to go to Japan for two months, I don't want to leave my trainees high and dry. You know, if WWE calls and says, hey, we need you to move to Orlando, I don't want to leave my trainees. However, I have talked to a group about opening opening up a school uh, together where I have a couple head trainers. I create the Fuego curriculum. Everything being taught there was done by me. There are certain tests you need to pass to advance to the next class before you can eventually graduate. I'm building a curriculum from the ground up. I'm going to be there as much as I possibly can, but also have two guys that I trust that know how I would want to train people and do that and uh, and specifically do that. So I don't want to allure anybody in to this school to train with me without me being there as much as I possibly can be. So I will be announcing something very soon about 
me taking over as a head trainer somewhere and building the curriculum from the ground up. However, as of now, I can't elaborate fully. But if someone is in this Midwest area, whether it be Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, you know, anywhere in that area, it's, it's going to be a drive. It's going to be in the middle of nowhere pretty much. But um, I promise you, I'm putting so much time and effort in making this curriculum as well as it can be. I'm taking advice from all the, the greats that I have around me that allow me to talk to them and uh, and learn from them. You know, I, I will say that on day one. Listen, I don't think I know everything. And anything I say here comes from better a better mouth than mine. I've been so lucky to be in front of a William Regal and and, and a, a QT and a Cody Rhodes and all these guys that have passed down knowledge to me. And I just want to spread it. I want I've seen too many bad schools, especially in my area, that don't teach the reasons why. And I just want to pass that along. I feel like I'm a really good teacher. I feel like I break things down well and explain myself well. And I cannot wait. I think it's only going to make me better to be drilling stuff every week, doing different things, coming up with different ideas. That's why I want to do it. Some people might say I'm not as qualified as some of these people, but I say in my area, if not me, who, if not now, when? Damn. That's a, that was a great promo, man. Thank I you. mean, just I'm really, really good at those, Nick. <laughs> I'm so good. And that's the thing I feel like I couldn't show enough in AEW is how damn confident I am on the microphone. I can do this shit in my sleep. This mic work is light work. I'm telling you. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, I had a great time. Way to go chatting you. with you today. Uh, I hope I didn't create any problems with my questions here today. Hey, listen, they're not paying me anymore, so I don't <laughs> give a damn. <laughs> uh, no, all respect. I do want to say that. Okay. Thank you to AEW for the two years. I appreciate you. I have nothing but love for AEW. There's so many guys there that I love and appreciate, and I want them to succeed. And I'm just glad that there's an alternative, a uh, major alternative in the business for everybody to work and make money at. Where can people go find you, follow you, support you, all those great things? Social medias, Fuego Del Sol underscore on Instagram, Fuego Del Sol on Twitter. I guess Threads is a thing now. Haven't started it, but it'll yeah. be the same as as uh, as Instagram. YouTube, really putting a lot of work into my YouTube channel, Fuego Del Sol on YouTube. There will be weekly vlogs, a lot more matches, a lot more promos. And uh, with that, I'm starting my own Patreon. Uh, if people want to really support now that I'm independent, Come over there. You'll get the vlog early. You'll get a lot of uh, breakdowns of my own matches, uh, my what I'm watching on TV, what I like, what I think inspires me as a wrestler, how my uh, workouts and stuff are going. So that's huge on the Patreon. And then twitch.tv slash Fuego Del Sol. I'm on Twitch streaming. We watch wrestling. I play games. Going to be playing AEW Fight Forever a lot recent soon. So, you know, had to take advantage of that free code while I was still there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I got it. 